0: Welcome to the School of Unlearning. I'm your host, Elisa Haggerty. I've always believed in the power of questions. They create a gap, a space where we pause and begin to challenge the world around us. Without questions, we're stuck in the trance of life, a life given to us, verse one created with agency. Your journey to rethink and unlearn the norms no longer serving you begins now. Welcome back to 5-Minute Fridays on the School of Unlearning podcast. I'm stoked to talk to you about a very important topic on boundaries today. But before I do, I want to remind you that if you click on the link in the show notes, you have an opportunity to become a patron of the podcast. That simply means you have the opportunity to donate money on a monthly basis to keep this podcast going to make sure that it's ad-free and that it's free for all. All right, let's talk about boundaries, friends. Boundaries are defined as a line that marks the limit of an area. It's a dividing line. Boundaries can be created with yourself, for yourself. They can also be created, as we think of them more often, for another person um, or even a group of people. If you think about setting boundaries for your colleagues or your family members, we actually do this quite a bit. Boundaries are often fueled by fear and anxiety, but they're also fueled and created by a deep longing for joy and for peace. Boundary setting is protective by nature, but it's also a very highly social act. When we think about babies growing up, um, they say no to everything that they don't want. Babies are really attuned at listening to their body. <laughs> when they don't like something, they let us know. If They don't like the food, they spit it out. If they don't like the toy, they throw it across the room. And what's most interesting about babies and boundary setting is that they never make excuses for why they say no. They don't rationalize and they don't justify. Now I understand that they're pretty much pre, um, they're in the pre-language state, but they don't. Uh, They don't go there. They just say no and they walk away. So no means no. And I think that we can learn a lot from just that alone. Babies are great at setting boundaries, but so are animals. Animals have almost zero issues with boundaries. They're totally out for themselves. My two cats, Josie and Lou, are basically professional boundary setting um, animals. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that I post quite a bit about them. Um, And what's interesting is if you just observe them, um, they actually are highly expressive and present throughout the day. Um, If I touch them or, you know, go to hug them the wrong way, I'm usually met with a swat or they run away from me. If they don't like the food I give them, they actually throw it up or they actually just don't eat it. If they need peace and quiet, I find them buried in my closet sort of underneath a laundry basket. And what's interesting is they're not asking for time alone. They're not asking for space. They just go take it. And so there's a really beautiful intelligence there that I think we all can really learn from if we watch and observe animals. Babies and animals, they're present, they're highly engaged, and they're very expressive. To me, they're basically enlightened. And then something happens as we grow up. We move out of the baby stage. We become um, young children. We become young adolescents and even adults. And we begin swallowing foods that we don't like, literally and figuratively. And we start saying yes to things far beyond our scope of comfort or alignment. We become people pleasers. Brene Brown said recently on one of her podcasts, she said, people pleasers are often the ones who get the promotions. They're often highly regarded, they're the, the nice ones, the ones that everybody loves. But people don't realize two things are happening with people pleasers. Number one, they're usually suffering quite a bit. And number two, uh, they're liars. And I love this. Brene Brown literally just called people pleasers liars. And so I think that's a really interesting and sharp, astute twist on how we perceive people pleasers. People pleasers don't embrace boundaries. They actually bypass their own needs. They they break boundaries with themselves for what seems like the greater good. But is bypassing our own needs always better for the greater good? Oftentimes, we don't set boundaries because we're afraid of not being loved, liked, or a part of the group. We don't want to appear selfish, and we also fear that others will suffer as a result of our saying no. But both of these assumptions, all of these assumptions, are not only usually false but they're also just not generous. Look, when you set a boundary and plant your metaphorical flag in the sand, you're making a declaration for you and for those around you. And when you do this with clarity, you give others the space to reflect on the way that they're showing up in the relationship or the dynamic. Creating a boundary for you is not only good for you, but it's often good for others. And however long it takes them to find the good is entirely up to them, not to you. But we shouldn't walk around assuming the world will crumble if we demand a lunch break or speak up about our needs. Here are some tips that I like on setting boundaries. Number one, have a practice of self-care, of mindfulness movement that allows you to get really clear and out of your head and into your body so you actually can figure out what you need. Number two, figure out your core needs. Maybe they're quiet time. Maybe movement is non-negotiable. Maybe in your relationships, you need non-violent communication. Maybe you need an evening routine or less sugar in your protein shake. Whatever it is, figure out your core needs that allow you to show up and show up well. Number three, practice setting boundaries. You can do this by actually literally practicing talking to yourself in the shower or in the quiet of your commute. You can practice saying the hard thing and after a while, saying the hard thing becomes a hell of a lot easier. Number four. Consider how setting this newfound boundary could actually be neutral for other parties and even beneficial. Number five, go about the business of setting them. I want to leave you with my favorite quote from Kelly Corrigan, who wrote the book, Tell Me More, and has written a dozen other books as well. Okay, not a dozen, but a bunch of other really helpful books to look at as well. She says on the power of saying no, this is her quote, sexually, professionally, personally, saying no takes balls. Little no's prepare us for the big no's that define the major movements of our lives. The jobs we shouldn't take, the relationships we must leave, the deal that seems shady. No, finally to another drink. No to abuse. No to getting back together again. No to extreme life-saving measures. When we're children, no came easily to the lips. Wear a coat, turning off the TV, leave your big sister alone, no chance. But then we became civilized. We aged into self-consciousness. Saying no started to feel rude or insubordinate, mean or even lazy, withholding and even dangerous. There's hardly a positive intention associated with no, except self-preservation. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the School of Unlearning podcast. You can follow us on Spotify and iTunes. Be sure to check out the show notes, complete with links and insight you won't want to miss. If you enjoyed this episode, take one minute to rate, review and share this podcast. Because our learning and unlearning never ends, and we don't have to do it alone.